talk about the subject of a teachable student. A teachable student. How many of you have had children, more than one? Yeah? And for those of you that have more than one, you will find that one, one child is oftentimes more teachable than the other child. Isn't that so? Well, this is also true in God's family. Oftentimes, you'll find that in the kingdom of God, in God's family, some people are just really pliable, really uh, uh, teachable, and they are eager, and others are lagging behind. But that doesn't mean that they don't grow an appetite for the things of God. And so it doesn't matter where you are on the, on the grading scale of teachability. Today, God is calling you higher. Amen. So it's not you compared to another one. It's you compared to yourself. So think about how teachable you were yesterday and then make a decision today to become more teachable. One of, the, one of the most difficult things in life is to have somebody around you that is completely non-compliant, non-teachable, and usually it's because they are proudful. Have you ever noticed that there isn't one happy, prideful person? Usually when you see people championing pride, it's they're growling. <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> They're always screaming about how proudful they are. Same thing with a rebel. Have you, have you ever seen a happy rebel? Remember a rebel without a cause? I always used to look at James Dean and I thought, like, I wonder who upset him today. <laughs> he, was just all, he always just looks unhappy and upset. And I can, teach, I can tell you now that becoming pliable, becoming teachable, moldable in the hands of God is the place of joy. Contentment. That is the place you want to be because it's the only place where God is truly having His way in your life. So I wanted to shortly speak to you on the signs of the unteachable versus the signs of the teachable. Not the science, science. Uh, science. Thank you. The first is that the clearest sign of a teachable heart is, in fact, in its humility. While the clearest sign that somebody who cannot be taught is in their pride. It's almost like the difference between perfectionism and excellence. The guy that's perf per the perfectionist always believes that if I get to this place, I have achieved, attained, I've become perfect. That is really rooted in pride. While the person who's living towards excellence is the one who's always striving for higher no matter where they were at yesterday. That is because they are humble. That enables them to reach for the next level. And so the clearest sign of a teachable heart is in its humility. While the clearest sign that somebody cannot be taught is in his pride. R.C. Sproul said this. He says, you don't have to give up your intellect to trust the Bible. You have to give up your pride. The only thing that stands between the atheist and belief in Scripture is not intellect. It is, in fact, pride. Because it takes more faith to believe everything comes out of nothing than believing that there is a creator that created everything. Amen? The second difference between 
teachable and the unteachable is that the teachable heart is settled in God's Word, while the unteachable person can never be satisfied by Scripture. To the one, the Scripture settles the matter. They have a question. The Bible says this. Well, that settles it for me then. But to the unteachable, nothing is ever sufficient as an explanation. Well, I know the Bible says that, but I was wondering. Always learning, yet never being able to come to the truth. These people are spiritually unstable. They're always gravitating to every new notion. It's never, the word is never satisfying. They're looking for the new thing. And they're looking for this new notion under the pretense of advancement in knowledge. Well, we've got to really find out the truth. Well, the Bible just told you the truth. The Word of God is final truth. It is the final authority. There is nothing beyond the Scriptures. There is no higher truth than Scripture itself. But people who are unteachable are never satisfied with truth. And under, this, under the guise or the pretense of advancement in knowledge, they will always search for the answers beyond it. In this verse, 2 Timothy 3, verse 6 and 7, it says this, For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions. Verse 7, Always learning, this is, how they, this is how they are led astray. Watch this. Always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Always looking for the newer notion or the newer thing beyond what Scripture has already settled eternally. Have you ever as a parent said, because I said so? <laughs> well, Why? Because I just said so. And oftentimes in God's family, those who are ever learning but never coming to the truth are always searching for something beyond what God has already said. And the whole idea with this is, look, God is God. He could explain things to you if He wanted to. But there's a time when He no longer explains things. Why? Because He's requiring you to trust what He said. When I tell my child, look, I, I, I'm telling you not to do this. Well, why not? Because I understand I'm seeing something happening uh, five, five minutes from here if you keep doing this. And it's going to hurt you. So I don't have to explain all of this. I'm just telling you, trust me, I'm telling you, stop doing it. Right? And so the same thing is true here for those who are unteachable. Always in search of the higher truth, the next truth, the Gnostic truth. Something that, is, that they have discovered that's not necessarily... Orthodox in our understanding. The Expositor's Greek Testament says this, Scriptural truth is never enough for these people. They are always being attracted by some newer thing. And Vincent's Word Study says this, Ever learning from anyone who will teach them, it is a graphic picture of a larger class, by no means an extinct class. In other words, they are all still present with us. These people who are caught and led by the instruction of itinerant religious quacks. I don't know, that's what that commentary says. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, that's what that verse means, I, I guess, since everybody's saying the similar thing. 
always in search of a new truth. A greater truth, a higher truth. That's what Paul is warning Timothy about. Watch out that people don't get into that idea that they are constantly learning but never arriving. Constantly learning but never arriving. And then number three, when we talk about the difference between a teachable person and an unteachable person, this is really where I want to land. The unteachable person hates correction, while the teachable person finds correction to be a true sign of love. So the same correction to the one, he interprets it as hate, the other one interprets it as love. The one who has a teachable heart, he looks at correction and he feels love. The one who cannot be taught, he sees correction and he rejects it, he resents it, he hates it. Well, let's first look, about, look at the makeup of an unteachable person. He hates being corrected because his value is wrapped up in his opinion. To this person, when, if, when you question his view, it is like you're questioning his person. When you disagree with his view, it's like you're hating him as an individual. When you correct his view, it's like you've offended his most deepest core of who he is. It is clear that the unteachable person cannot distinguish between their person and their thoughts. They believe, because I think this, this is who I am. Not true. They've made studies of girls 18 years of age, and they asked them 100 questions, and they said, okay, exactly what is it that you hope for in marriage and in life? And then at the age of 21, they asked these same girls to go and ask the, answer these exact same questions. And almost 100% of these ladies seemed like two total different people. <laughs> Yet they're the same person. You have to be able to distinguish the difference between you and a thought. And if you cannot distinguish between you and a thought, and if you think that you are your thoughts, you will feel like anybody who disagrees with the thought you have hates you, rejects you, if they reject your thought. They can reject your thought without rejecting you, correct? And so the unteachable person cannot make that distinction. That's why they remain unteachable, because they feel like they cannot change without you making a judgment about who they are as a person. In 1 Samuel 15, 23, it says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. These people who cannot have their view challenged is in fact guilty of what it says right here in 1 Samuel 15. But guess what God does with a person who is stumble, uh, who is stubborn and rebellious? He says, for rebellion is as a sin as witchcraft, and he's talking to Saul, and he says, and stubbornness, Saul, is as iniquity and idolatry. But look at what he says. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, your God, he also has rejected you from being king. There is, people think that they can remain stubborn and they can remain rebellious or unteachable, let me say this, 
They just, I'm not interested in being teachable. I'm not interested in gaining any more knowledge. I'm not interested. I think I already know enough. Well, God says to that person, hey, if you're going to remain rebellious and remain stubborn, then I cannot accept you as a ruler. Everything about the unteachable person points to an overbloated, fragile ego. This is why the unteachable person cannot receive correction because in his mind, correction means he has to admit that he's a lesser of a person. So it's really ego over correction. Ego over truth. That is the unteachable person. So when I've acted in an unteachable manner, it's, I have to realize it is a pride issue. It is an ego issue. Of course I want more knowledge. Of course I want greater truth. Of course I want higher understanding. Who doesn't? But the moment somebody brings it to you, and God oftentimes chooses the person you don't want to hear from, <laughs> he'll come to you and bring you a truth. That's the point where God's not just informing you of higher truth, but he's also dealing with your pride. So now that we understand that the, teachable, the unteachable person hates correction and the teachable person finds correction to be love, let's talk about the makeup of a teachable student of God's Word. You see, the teachable student is never offended. Why not? Because God's Word, not their ego, is the object of their affection. They love God's Word, not themselves. That's why they're not offended when truth comes to them and corrects them. It says it very plainly in Psalm 119, verse 165. It says, Great peace have they which love thy law. In other words, great peace have they who loves the Word of God, the truth of God, the will of God. And nothing shall offend them. I am not offended by what people may say and do because I love what God has said. When you love, when you love the Word of God, offense is far from you. Because the Word of God is what matters and what others may have done is way secondary to what really matters. So a couple of years ago, I took a job at Menards as a stalker, not a stalker, a stalker. Now, it was entertaining working there because, you know, Walmart's across the street and people kind of flood from one store to the other. But uh, I remember these two supervisors, the one I got along with extremely well and the other one, I don't know, just, and Charlie, actually, we worked at the same store for a while. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, like, so you have this cart and you have all these boxes and you have to, like, stock these boxes, like, 5 o'clock in the morning. And um, then you have, like, I had, like, seven supervisors and they would rotate. And every supervisor that comes around, would, they would see just how much they could belittle you. <laughs> and so um, it was fun. It was an act of, it was a, it was a test in humility for sure. And these two supervisors, the one would just use real foul language, just always scream at me, this lady, like, why do you still have that box on your cart for? I'm like, I'm doing my best here, ma'am. And, uh, <laughs> and then the next guy would come around, and he would do the same. And these two eventually called me into the garden center one day. It was about nine months after I started there. And they were standing, just talking, and they called me on the, 
on the intercom. I came back there and I said, yeah, you guys looking for something? They, they go like, yeah, we want to ask you a question. Pastor always made fun of me. Because I try to lead the one guy, the one supervisor to the Lord. He says, I'm going to take my chances rather. So for his birthday, I gave him these dice that he can hang on his rearview mirror. Because I said, you're gambling with eternity. <laughs> and so he has these dice in his car now, always remembering me. But so they called me to this garden center and they said, hey, so, uh, you know, we want to ask you a question. What is it with you? Like, um, we get under everybody's skin in this, in this store, but we can't get under your skin. So we've, we've tried to push every single button we can find. We've called your names. We've cussed you out. We've, like, we've never satisfied. But you know what? You're just always like, hey, what's up? You know, you're always just happy. <laughs> like, well, you know, um, so why, why, don't you, why don't you retaliate, basically, was the question. And I just answered. I said, hey, listen, to be honest with you guys, <laughs> if what you said meant anything, it would bother me. <laughs> and so really what you have to do is you have to realize if you fear the Lord, you care what His Word says. No matter who teaches it, His Word matters to you. And if you fear the Lord, if His Word is really so high on your priority, everybody else's Word is really very insignificant if it's attempting to take you away from His Word. Do you follow what I'm saying? And so, in this, in, so a teachable person is the person who fears the Lord, but the person who fears the Lord is the one who won't argue with the Scripture, no matter who brings it to them. That's the person who fears the Lord. It's like, oh, the Bible said it. I better, I, better just, I better just submit to it. Yeah, but can you believe He told you? That's what the Bible said. I know. I don't care who it is that pointed out the verse. It's the fact that it's a verse, <laughs> right? And usually, for the most part, this is our problem. We honor God's Word until the wrong person quotes it. <laughs> and here's the other thing. An unteachable person... They have so rooted themselves in old, in old false teachings, they're too proudful to say, oh, by the way, you know, I've been wrong all my life. <laughs> and let me just tell you, I don't think that there's a person that God is not going to put through that test. There isn't a person you know that hasn't come to the knowledge of the truth, realizing that they've always believed the same verse in the wrong way. And so God will always bring you to a place where He says, now, are you humble enough to say that you've been wrong about what I said? Are you humble enough to say, okay, you know, I've always, I've always held on to this verse for that verse. You know, I was a basketball player, and I always used to say, for, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ. And then you realize, oh, he wasn't talking about basketball. <laughs> he was talking about people who, who have difficult lives, being persecuted, and suddenly wonder if it's better to just deny the Lord altogether. He says, no, 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 you can do this. You can serve me no matter what the pressure. So everybody has their verse, their teaching, their doctrine that they have to go, okay, I've been wrong all my life and now it's time to be humble and say, God, I'm teachable. I'm teachable. Very often, God requires you to go to the mirror, point at yourself and say, you will quit that ego, <laughs> and you will repent. <laughs> Amen. You will become teachable. So now let's talk about the makeup of the teachable student, the makeup of the teachable student of the Word of God. The teachable student is never offended because God's Word, not their ego, is the object of their affection. The teachable student 
never becomes resentful because he or she knows that correction is in fact an act of love, not of hate. Correction is a sign of acceptance, not rejection. It says it in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 and 8, and we'll close with this verse. Because the Lord disciplines the one He loves, He chastens everyone He accepts as His Son. So, He disciplines and corrects the one He loves, the one who belongs to Him. Verse 7, Therefore, endure hardship as, dis as, uh, dis endure hardship as discipline. Endure hardship as discipline. Huh. That kind of like put a light on for me. Endure hardship as discipline. Somebody said, well, how does God discipline His own children? Hardship. He says it right there. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as His children. Endure hardship as discipline. Why? Because God is treating you as His own. Somebody He corrects. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, everyone that belongs to Him, if you are not disciplined, then you are not legitimate. Not true sons and daughters at all. I wanted to speak to you about this subject in short because, and, and uh, trust me, there's a boatload of thoughts that goes with teachable and being unteachable, and the Bible has so much to say about it. But today, I just want to introduce this to you, the idea that you are a lifelong student, a student for life. You go, ah, oh, there he goes. He wants the first-year students to sign up for second year. How did you figure that out? You're a bright one. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, he just wants me to sign up for Bible school. Oh, yes, I do. He just wants me to go to church. Yes, I do. He just wants me to join the, the, the Through the Bible in One Year program starting in January. Yes, I do. He just wants me to join the, uh, what are we doing in January, the parenting, the parenting webinar. Yes, I do. Absolutely. Why? We are lifelong students. We are a family that grows together. Amen? And so, of course, there's no way to grow if you're not planted and you cannot be planted if you are not inside of the Word. That's why here at Christ Nation, we're always calling people into the Word. Into the Word we go. Into the Word we go. You go like, there's so much more in this chapter, I know, but next year we'll go through the same chapter again as we read through the Bible. All right, so every year God is going to teach you more and more and more. I was having a conversation with Pastor Brandon Myers, and you will meet him today on video. And uh, I was saying to him, wow, look at everything we've done. Uh, for the first year students was a 32-week curriculum and the second year students, and this is what we're going to go over the overview in a minute here. And I said, wow, this is, this is fantastic. And then I said, but you know, this is, this is shallow waters, right? We just, we just, he goes, yeah, this is the starting place for theology. I'm like, actually, that's what we called our Bible school, starting place for theology. In other words, what I'm saying is there's so much God wants to reveal to you about Himself. And when He does, you change. When God reveals Himself to you, you change. Isn't it what He says? And that day when we see Him, we will be as He is. Because we see Him, we'll be as He is. When you see the holiness of God, you change. What you're exposed to changes you. And so it's so important for us to be lifelong students of the Word of God. Because as we study the Word of God, 
He is being revealed to us, and when He's being revealed to us, we are constantly being changed. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word, for Your challenge, which You are calling us into. I pray, Father God, that Your Word, which is a seed, be sown into our hearts, and it's an incorruptible seed. It will not return void, but it will accomplish that which it was sent forth to do. I thank You, Lord, that You are working in us all the while to finish that which you have started. You said, God, that you are working within us both to will and to do your good pleasure. I thank you, Lord, that you are constantly drawing us higher and drawing us closer to you as we remain pliable, teachable, and we remain humble. Lord, because, to, because we know our affection is placed upon you, upon your word, and not upon our egos. I thank you, Father God, that you will, you will grow uh, this congregation in humility, Father, because we know this is the work of Christ. He humbled himself. He gave up his glory in heaven and came to earth. He humbled himself on earth, and he gave up his rights, and he served as a servant. He humbled himself. He gave up his rights, and he hung upon the cross. And because he humbled himself, you glorified him, and you seated him on your right hand. And in the same way, Father God, you have called us to follow Christ in humility, in Jesus' mighty name. And those who love the Lord said, Amen. Amen.